Howdy there, my fellow distanced fellows. This is Peyton Zignego here with COVID Operation to bring you your daily dose of cheer. Today is Thursday, or Friday Eve. That's a pretty new one, I think. I did take it from Animal Crossing, but you know what? That's fine. Water under the bridge. It's a new thing, and I said I was going to try coming up with new things, despite what my past in pizza has to say about that. I won't dawdle too much, because I have a very fun interview coming up, and I have heard from Tapioca that she has been looking to get into showbiz. You know this, of course. She is very talented, beautiful, everything anyone would want in an actress. And I thought maybe it's best to get some information about what it would be like once we get her going in her career and getting her on set. So that's exactly what I took to my LA correspondent, Emma, today, bringing her questions about being on set and just about exactly Tapioca could expect being the gorgeous feline that she is. Now, I'll let Peyton over in the Zoom studio handle the rest of the introductions and all that jazz. So take it away in the studio, Peyton. Thanks, Peyton. Today I'm back in the Zoom studio with my LA correspondent for the show, professional Emma. Hi. Hey. Professional at paying rent in Los Angeles. (laughs) The most important skill to have. Yes, I'm pretty impressed. Now, today we're here to discuss being on set and being out here doing your job as a, a TV star. Well, first thing I guess to understand about set is that there's multiple levels to it. So there's non-union sets and there's union sets, and they're very, very different. So, yeah, I mean, get into that. What's what's a non-union set, and, and what does that mean? Because I don't know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's actually a, a big thing in Los Angeles to get your union card and become a part of SAG-AFTRA, which is our union mm-hmm. uh, for actors. Basically, unions can be controversial, but in the acting world, it's a very, very good thing. It protects the actor. A non-union set has very little rules. So obviously, there are like labor laws they have to follow, but there's A, nobody to contact if somebody goes wrong. Mm -hmm. The union will protect a union set, and they'll protect actors in a union set if they get contacted for like malpractice or negligence. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen on a union set, so a lot of kind of sometimes sketchy and horrible things can happen on a non-union set and actors will sort of just slip through the cracks. So you have to be really careful about how you choose non-union sets and present yourself on non-union sets. Hopefully on a union set, um, everyone is following union rules and also is beholden to the union so that if someone is weird or, or not acceptable in the workplace, there's a chain of command you can go up and communicate with and hopefully get it resolved. So that's that would be the number one like thing that could put your mind at ease, union versus non-union. But fun fact, Lord of the Rings was actually a non-union set. Oh, Now, that brings me to one of the more dangerous things about non-union is the Lord of the Rings actors got severely underpaid for the amount of distribution and money that the Lord of the Rings franchise generated. Hmm. So... On a union set, you can get something called back points or you can get royalties for runtime. So if your show, especially in TV, if your show does really well and it's airing all the time, in theory, you should be getting money for that as it airs and as people watch it and channels get money for it. So Ken Levine, who was on 
Yeah, he yeah. gets royalties still. He'll get checks in the mail for writing Cheers or writing MASH or any of the shows he's written because it's on Netflix or it's on Amazon or HBO. So when people watch it, he gets money for it because Netflix is getting money for it. Mm-hmm. So that's the gist of it. There might be details in there like that might be wrong, but that's generally the gist. Non-union, union. Every actor starts on a non-union set and they build up footage and they build up their portfolio and then hopefully they can start getting cast in a union mm-hmm. gig and either get Taff Hartlead or become eligible for the union. Oh. All right. So now when you're on set, what would you say the sort of general vibe is of being on set, I suppose, either union or non-union sets? Now that I know there's two types. <laughs> Every set is different, but generally there's a sort of manic energy. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like a busy street. If you don't watch where you are, you might get stepped on accidentally. Yeah. Um, and no one means to do it, but it's just busy and Everyone is a specific role, a specific cog in the wheel, Mm -hmm. and and that includes actors. And so you've got to do your job as that cog to keep the wheel spinning. And it's very obvious when someone isn't doing that job because the wheel really does grind to a stop. So um, as an actor, usually uh, coming on, especially for me and for other non-union and and even union less established actors, you have a lot to prove. And so it's very important that you stay on top of things and you give the actor's job is to really give the director and the rest of the crew nothing to worry about. They say that a good director gets it right in casting. So if you cast the right actor, it should be a breeze on set. But if you cast the wrong actor, then you have to do a lot of directing. That's not the phrase. It's like you don't have to direct if casting does their job or something like that. So basically, as an actor, it's like, okay, how can I remain professional, kind, tuned into my work? And you can wait sometimes six plus hours on set while they're figuring out a tricky shot or working on someone else. And you just have to wait on set and kind of keep yourself jazzed up for your scene. And the mistake a lot of actors, fresh actors make, is they think that that's wrong. Like they're like, oh my God, I can't believe they made me wait six hours on set. That is so unprofessional. And it's like, no, it's just, it's kind of just the process of filmmaking, like uh, setting up shots takes a really long time. Cycling through actors takes a really long time. So I would say like a lot of patience. Yeah. Is, is something I didn't expect to find on set. It was like, you know, you expect it to be so glamorous. And it's like, well, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. What are some, like, aspects of being on set that you think are, like, exclusive to being on a set and doing that whole shebang? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say it's a, a bit like school in the sense of why are all these people gathered together? Mm-hmm. They don't really know each other. Certainly not enough to get as personal as you get on a set. Yeah. So I think that's sort of specific that you gather people and even more so today, thank God, like from all walks of life and you put them in a room and it's a bit like story arc actually, where you're just like, Hey, we're all here. We're all different. We don't really know each other, but um, we all believe in this story. So Mm -hmm. let's go after it. And so the cool thing about set is everyone is aligned to the same goal and mission Mm -hmm. and they all, I mean that I, I'm sure that happens other places, but to me it is the most like, inspiring thing just to go to a set and just have everyone collaborating together in union symbiotically. Oh, how cute. 
<laughs> family. Do you have any other like tip tidbits about sets or tips for going on to a set as no, an actor? Interesting. I have like a, a sort of ritual and I'm waiting for someone to tell me that it's a bad idea and that <laughs> I shouldn't do it. So if anyone is like, yo, don't do that, <laughs> contact me. But uh, I'm very young looking, which is great. So I, I play a lot of teenagers, a lot of 18 to play younger kids. It just means I'm 18 or over. I'm a legal adult and I play minors. Okay. what it means. And that's a really great thing, except when I get on set, people sometimes can tiptoe around me because they're scared, like, oh, she's a kid. You know, we're not going to, we don't want to swear or, like, yeah. we're not going to talk about what we would usually talk about or be kind of vulgar, <laughs> which they can be, because she's just a kid. And for me, I just don't, obviously, I am grown and I've, like, you know, know the ways of the world, so it's not entirely necessary. So a lot of times what I do is I'll wear my boyfriend's, like, old hockey jacket mm-hmm. because people, it says hockey on the back, and every, it's a great icebreaker. People will be like, hey, hockey, you played hockey? And I'm like, oh, no, it's my boyfriend. <laughs> Especially on a non-union set can help you with creepy guys mm-hmm. because sometimes on a set people get bored and there's some flirting, which is fine, but if they know you have a boyfriend, they don't really push so that's great to be like ah casually yeah yeah my boyfriend (laughs) like a nice easy boundary without anything getting awkward and then I will swear in like the first couple minutes of me being there I'll be like hey guys what the f is going on how you doing like really friendly not in a negative way but just casually so like the, the grip and the gaffer standing a couple feet away from me can just be themselves and not try to feel pressure to monitor themselves to me and some sets that's not necessary some sets like they don't care (laughs) but other sets when they're considered enough to think about it I you know I want them to know like hey I don't care Mm -hmm. it doesn't affect me yes you just you want to you want to roll up and and prove that you're a well-oiled cog and you want to prove that you're a well-oiled cog who is down with the flow (laughs) (laughs) pretty much pretty much and I mean, hey, some sets, you know, are nicer than others. And, and maybe, like, maybe I should just use it to my advantage and not have people swear around me. But I don't know. I don't mind it. It's never been a problem for me. So to each their own. You just want people to be comfortable. Yeah. 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 Any final thoughts or tips or final thoughts, final words of wisdom, nuggets of, of chef's kiss? Never be difficult on a set. It's the worst thing. If you want to seriously pursue acting, do not be difficult on a set. No one likes it. Set is stressful enough without the actor being a jerk. Mm-hmm. So know how to listen first because it's the director's vision. You're just a part of it. Yeah. So learn how to listen. Learn how to comprehend. Have ideas and choices and be ready to throw them away if the director asks you to. And, and don't, I mean, if there's safety issues, speak up. Yeah. But on a safe set, assuming that it's a good and safe set, don't voice how uncomfortable you are or blah, blah, blah you are. It's like, I've, I've seen people, like, I've seen crew members, like, be like, oh, my God, this actor, because they're just like a diva. They're just like, when's my shot? We, I've waited, like, three hours. You called us three hours ago. They shouldn't have called us three hours ago. If it was going to take this long, they should have called us an hour ago. Oh, my God. And it's like, 
It's just a bad energy, and the crew is working their butts off while the actors get to sit and read their lines and drink a cup of coffee. So it's like, get over it. And so try to be patient on sets. Try to be understanding of the process. That would be my final tidbit. Lovely. So, of course, we can find your work at themillionth.com and... I don't remember the other things you plug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed you remembered themillionth.com with how many how many people you get on here. Yeah, themillionth.com, it's a production company. So if you need any post-production work, we remote work, editing work, and um, we also produce films. So yeah, if you got a script. So yeah, themillionth.com and then emmahaleen.org. It's just my actor website. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at emmathemillionth. Wonderful. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your set expertise. <laughs> back back to you, Peyton. Oh, why, thank you for handing it back to me, Peyton. So sweet, as always. Once again, that was Emma, and you can check out all of her stuff as she plugged it. Thank you so much to Emma for being on the show. Once again, we always appreciate it. It's always a blast having her here. And it's very nice to have a correspondent out in L.A. It makes me feel very professional. So, you know, just an added good podcast host vibes all around there. Well, that is all the time we're looking at for today, but I do have a couple more things to add. Namely, the fact that, hey, you got questions? I'm answering questions tomorrow. It's it's really important to me that I get some questions in because I gotta have stuff to talk about, and who better to give me stuff to talk about than you, my listener? So please, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I'd be more than happy to accept those in my email. So that is Peyton, P-E-Y-T-O-N, at storyarkark.org. Ask him loud, ask him proud, ask him in my email inbox right there. I would love to hear from you, and I would love even more to talk endlessly with many tangents about what you have to say, slash ask, slash comment upon. So do not hesitate to email me and reach out, and I would be more than delighted to talk just for you tomorrow. So please take that into consideration when opening up your email, okay? Well, that is all. Thank you so much for listening. Tapioca, do you have any closing remarks? Ah, very insightful. Thank you, Tapioca. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. I'll see you tomorrow. This has been COVID Operation. I've been Peyton Zignago. Thank you. Stay safe out there. See you tomorrow. Peyton and Tapioca, over and out.